This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. People feed their kids peanut butter, which is great because it's high in protein. Even though I can eat peanuts now, I can't stand the smell of peanut butter because I couldn't eat it as a child. So I never bought peanut butter. And my poor kids, the peanut butter substitute was liver pate. <laughs> so, so they would go to they would go to Prince's house and go like, what is that? Is, is it pate? And the, the mothers would go, you're feeding your kids pate? I was like, yeah, because we don't like, I don't like peanut butter, so I'm not feeding them peanut butter. Fortunately, none of my kids are fussy eaters, so it turned out. That's Nancy Keat. She's an entrepreneur and a creator of the Kiki Bag. Hi, Nancy. How are you doing today? Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Mary. Tell our audience about you, about yourself. I am a mother of four grown children. I am in a profession where I could, I was lucky enough that I could work from home for the last child, which worked out to be great because I was able to feed my kids at a reasonable hour when they came home from school. Eating early was important to me. Probably the biggest joy for me as a mother is having all four of my children sitting down at the table together at the same time. We were one of those families that had the Sunday night ritual of the typical roast beef. and Everybody had to be at the dinner table on Sunday night. It was the time when everybody could sit down and I could regroup and find out what was going on in their lives. Did you have homework? Did you break up with your latest boyfriend or girlfriend? Did you have problems with your friends from school? And so that was really important to me because especially of their age differences in yeah, it, it paid off. And I really enjoyed that time. I love to hear that because food just brings people together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What is the Kiki bag? Where did this idea come from? We need to know. Well, I like to cook. And I'm a little bit ADD, actually a lot more ADD. So I took a number of classes just to enhance my my skills. So I took this class on sourdough bread making from uh, Chef Matt Duffy who has become a friend of mine. And he said, because there's no preservatives, the worst way to store your bread is in a plastic bag because it will mold and it doesn't breathe. So I said, then how do you store it? He said, a linen bag. So I go home and I make a linen bag. It was a two-day class and I go back and he says, that's perfect. So we make the bread and I store it in there. And a couple of days later, it's dry. And I thought, this is, this is the way you're supposed to store it. So I messaged him and he said, yeah, that's sort of, it's either that or wrapping it in a tea towel, but it still needs to breathe. So I uh, discovered beeswax wrap. Keeps your dough a little bit fresher and at least soft for uh, several days. But it was hard to wrap this flat thing around a, a bool, a round thing, and keep it sealed tight. So I got the idea of putting the two together. It uh, has a linen exterior, so it still has that breathability. Uh, the beeswax liner, you just pop your bread in, pull the drawstring, wrap the extra uh, part of the bag over to push out any air, and Bob's your uncle. So then the pandemic hit, 
and I found out that there is a shortage of uh, flour everywhere and yeast. And I thought, wow, everybody's jumping on the sourdough bandwagon. So maybe this is the time to share my product because everybody's going to have the same kind of problem. And I launched on June the 1st uh, and the orders just started pouring in, uh, which is great because the more that people, people tested it, and found out that it actually does work, the, you know, the happier I was because I was able to share something. There was a problem. I found the solution and I'm happy to share it with, with other people that have the same problem. And this is just one of the reasons why I really, really adore your product. I totally, totally agree with you. It is a light coating of beeswax type feel. And what I found even more interesting is that one, okay, so the size of it, beautiful. Because like you said, you can put a large loaf of bread in it. Doesn't matter what type of bread, buns, anything you want, you can put in this. And, and not just bread. That's what I love about it. You gave me more ideas as to how to utilize and use this bag. How can we? So the big, the big thing that I love that is not bread is bananas. I don't know about anybody uh -huh. else, but I cannot stand fruit flies. Fruit flies in the summer, you know, they just... I don't know where they come out of <laughs> and, and bananas are the worst. But what I just started doing was, and specifically a yellow bag. So it reminds us that there's bananas in it. I put the bananas in the Kiki bag and seal it up and just still let it sit on the counter as well as the regular bananas. And we have not had that same infestation in the summer of fruit flies. This is the first year and I'm so happy about it because I can't stand them. And yet now we can still have bananas during the summer in our smoothies. See, it's perfect. I mean, also, you can put this in the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. The beeswax doesn't like extreme heat or cold. So don't put it in your freezer, but you can put it in your fridge. The other thing that uh, I discovered actually by accident was I put cherries and grapes in the Kiki bag and then put it in the fridge. And cherries, we all know that they're fairly expensive. Just as an experiment, I put the bag of cherries, you know, it comes in a cello bag and it has all kinds of holes. And normally you put it in the fridge and they kind of start to go a little wrinkly. They lose their moisture. Well, I put the whole cello bag in just to, so I didn't want to pour all the cherries in. You don't really need to put the whole cello bag in the fridge and it kind of got, got forgotten at the back of the fridge. A week later, I went, oh, I forgot about those cherries pulled them out and they were as fresh and firm as the day that I bought them. Okay. I can attest to this. I've done it. <laughs> Works, doesn't it? And it does. It does work. It does work. I mean, cherries don't last long in this house, to be quite honest with you, because we just, we pop them like Pez. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nancy, honestly, I was so pleasantly surprised to see the, the different uses for this bag and how easy it is to clean. And again, I mean, I am gushing about it because I absolutely love everything you've done with it. It's a, you know, female owned business Canadian. It came out of an idea of necessity that you thought, yeah. okay, I need this. I'm going to make it. I want to kind of tap into, I mean, people are going to ask, why use a bread bag? Well, first of all, the Kiki bag is environmentally friendly and there's that whole debate discussion. How much of a difference am I going to make? But you know what? Every little bit helps. Absolutely. It's reusable. 
it's plastic free, it's good for the environment. By the way, a portion of all sales, I make a donation to the Ontario Pollinators Charity. So I'm putting some back because bees are really important. They say that if we don't have bees, then everybody, the whole planet will get wiped out because they're so important for the pollination. So those those social things that are also important and it's good for your bread. It helps it keep keeps it fresh for longer. But beeswax is like the skin on an apple. And there's a great article on Chef Matt Duffy's website that talks about storing sourdough bread and he does the same thing wait until you actually have cut the exterior crumb put it in the bag then it protects the interior i'm mary memolini and you're listening to the kitchen confession podcast today i'm talking with nancy key the creator and owner of the kiki bag i want to talk about you and your cooking style and all that good stuff and what you like to do so how would you describe your cooking style? Hmm. I don't know <laughs> if I have a style. I am structured to a point about following recipes and I'm always looking online and I am one of those people that is driven by, oh, that looks like a really good type of pizza. I'm going to try that or uh, it's worth trying because I have this sort of self-motto that you don't know what you don't know. and if you are open to finding out what the universe is going to throw in your lap and picking it up and running with it, then you may discover something new because you don't know what you don't know. So my cooking style, it's ever evolving, which I think is good for anybody because it's, you're never too old or too experienced to learn. Are there ever really times where you want to try some maybe unique recipes or uh, techniques or anything in your kitchen? Absolutely, because when it comes to different tastes, uh, especially during the pandemic, I am the primary cook and chef and bottle washer in the kitchen. And I, you, you tend to lose a little bit of creativity when you're, you don't have access to a lot of eating out or eating in. So we, we did subscribe to, and even before, because we went from a large household down to two, uh, of using the meal kits. And that was a great experience, is a great experience because they send you just enough of the ingredients. There's not a lot of leftovers. If you're, you don't need to buy a, a whole head of cauliflower, they send you just enough. And it also introduced me to other cooking flavors that I normally wouldn't. And you can decide then, you know, yes, I like it or no, I don't. And you can adjust the heat. And so that's the way to expand because I don't know what even to start with when it comes. I don't want to end up with a whole bunch of spices that I really wouldn't use because it turns out that he doesn't like them. So that's a good way to expand horizons. Do you have anyone in your family that has any food sensitivities or food allergies that you've had to be work around? Uh, yes, I have an allergy to tree nuts. So our our house has always been nut free. Um, I used to be allergic to peanuts as a child, but I grew out of that. I used to be allergic to a lot of things: dairy, uh, tang. You know the orange dye. No way, in tang. Yeah. <laughs> used to make my mouth just burn 
No so, way. Yeah, there's certain certain colorings. Um, and I told you this the story off air, but when my kids were growing up, I even though I can eat peanuts now, I can't stand the smell of peanut butter because I couldn't eat it as a child. So oh, okay. I never bought peanut butter. And my poor kids, the peanut butter substitute was liver pate. So, so they would go to, they would go to friend's house and go like, what is that? Is, is it pate? And the, the mothers would go, you're feeding your kids pate. I was like, yeah, cause we don't like, I don't like peanut butter. So I'm not feeding them peanut butter. <laughs> my kids had a little How bit of an upscale. They? Oh, they were, they were toddlers because, you know, it, when people, people feed their kids peanut butter which is great because it's high in protein and they don't have to chew it and you could put it on soft bread and feed it to them or off of a spoon well my kids didn't get peanut butter they got pate so they were already developing their palate at a young age (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) fortunately none of my kids are fussy eaters so it turned out are you up for a little quick game of rapid fire Okay, and is it okay if I answer zucchini to everything? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't mind, but I'm not sure if our editor Matt would. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> Get ready, Matt. Would you rather go camping, hiking, boating, or dancing? Anything that involves the concierge. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I guess camping and boating is out. Is out. You have time to yourself, no interruptions. What do you do? You're talking to somebody who's ADD, right? So that's a really tough one. Um, what I would like to do is be able to sit and read them. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Time travel. Okay. Sometimes you'd like to go back and repeat things. Sometimes you'd want to go forward to see how things turn out. Yeah, I, I think that would be an interesting superpower. I like that. If your fridge could talk, what would be the one word it would use to describe your snack choices? Uh, I can't think of one word, but I can think of a phrase. It would be saying, are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) If you have to think back, what's a dish that either was made or for you or you were served or you've made that you'll never forget? So my father came from a very large family and his parents ran a restaurant. So my father's a pretty good cook. And my mother came from a large family as well. She grew up in Hamilton. And two of her sisters ended up being restaurateurs. One in Hamilton was very famous, uh, the Arrow Tavern. And my aunt ended up being a citizenship uh, judge. And she ran a very famous restaurant, which actually um, hosted several dignitaries and politicians. At the time, uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau uh, also used to frequent her restaurant. Um, so I was exposed to a lot of culinary history, so it's really hard to have one stand out. I think it goes back to the whole family table type of thing. Is there a cherished food memory of yours, um, that when you smell something, it'll trigger that memory? Not necessarily smell something, but, but I remember my mother's family, especially, uh, we're all very close. And my mother would, we would all get together for somebody's birthday, which there's so many of us that, that at least once a month, there was somebody's birthday. And my mother 
always made the birthday cake. And in it, she would put coins wrapped in tinfoil, of course, but she would hide money in the cake. And that was really kind of special because everybody got a piece of cake and how much money you got in your slice was varied. We're not talking about a lot, but you know, back then, having a dime or a quarter was really a big thing as yeah. a kid. So it was really kind of special to get a piece of birthday cake and, and find the, the hidden coin in it. Oh, that's, that's cute. probably like, a, that's a really big memory for me. What does the Canadian food culture mean to you? I think nowadays it's diversity. There really isn't like they claim that things like the butter tart and poutine are Canadian, uh, Canadian backed bacon, there's certain things, but really, especially in Toronto, where I grew up, the diversity of, there's no such real thing as a Canadian food because we're so multicultural and thank goodness we are, and that we have exposures to all of these flavors around the world in our own backyard. Are you up for a little quick game of this or that? Absolutely. Morning person or night owl? Neither. <laughs> so I, I'd say probably more of a night owl. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Well, it depends on what. If I'm eating regular chocolate, then chocolate. If it's a milkshake, I prefer vanilla. <laughs> I'm a sit on the fence kind of girl. <laughs> I, I like everything. So Switzerland, neutral. Uh, exactly. Uh, milkshake or sundae? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I wanted to just, I, I could just say all of the above. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm an ice cream girl. My dad, who is 100, I think his secret to life is being an avid ice cream eater. He taught me to eat ice cream with breakfast, like cornflakes, vanilla ice cream, a little bit of milk, and corn syrup drizzled on top. Oh, my what? gosh. Like the, that is the perfect cereal. Ask all my guests to share a kitchen confession with us. Do you have one that you can share? Uh, sure. With all of the the culinary experiences of eating different foods and such, I have now an ex-husband who was only meat and potatoes. All he ate meat and potatoes, maybe green beans when I put it on his plate. It was very difficult to get him to try something new or um, experiment, go outside of your comfort zone. Once my life changed and I found a new husband who will eat anything. And, and even, you know, the sort of the running joke is he, he will eat anything, but would he order specifically tofu? And that was one of the first proteins that I brought my kids up on because it's soft, high in protein. You don't have to do much to chew it. Well, recently he had some dental surgery and needed to eat soft food. So I said, okay, this is my chance. <laughs> <laughs> Cooked him tofu with rice and uh, fossed it up and he liked it. It's really refreshing to go from watching what my ingredients were to now the world is my oyster. What a feeling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if listeners want to reach out for more information from you, where can they buy? Where can they find you? How can they connect? 
online, there's a kiki.ca, K-E-E-K-I.ca. Outside of Canada is kiki.com. And I would like to offer all your listeners a discount code. That is MaryM2021. And it will give all users a 10% one-time use discount. And feel free to use it. Take Mary's advice. If you're skeptical, try it. And I hope that people are willing to try it and find out what you did. And if anybody has any questions, they can always email to info at kiki.ca. And I'm on Instagram at kiki underscore co. Same thing for Facebook. Well, thank you so much for sharing that code with everyone. Nancy, thank you so much for taking the time today. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much for having me and helping to spread the word. It's that time we've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mammolini. Thanks for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.